0: Welcome to today's episode. We are in a pretty good mood today because it's the first day of spring, the sun is out and we've got an exciting topic to talk about. But uh, before we get into the topic, just a reminder, if you haven't, you can join our free Facebook community. Uh, The link for that is in in our bio or in the description uh, of this podcast episode. And also, if you enjoy our podcast, please remember to leave us a comment and a review. It really does help us and get the word out of our podcast and our information to other athletes like you who benefit from it. So, Today's topic, we are exploring the best training sessions on the bike to make you a well-rounded rider. And last week, we spoke about what we believe to be the best value running session. Uh, And today, we're going to really go into detail about what type of sessions could help you specifically become a better athlete. And every athlete is slightly different. So, some sessions might be really beneficial to you that you hadn't thought of yet Uh, but before we get to the topic uh, as always we want to start with our gratitude segment reminding you to find something that you are grateful for in your week especially in these lockdown times so dad what are you grateful for today
1: uh that's a great question and uh really uh i've been just on the sideline before i get into my gratitude it's it's so it's also a gratitude I suppose I've got two really, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, which we shouldn't do. Uh, but I'm just grateful that there's no rules able- on gratitude. <laughs> have seven. If okay. we're, we're actually the feedback I'm getting from uh, the podcasts. Um, I'm really grateful to be able to help people. Um, and it's really great that people comment and say how much value they're getting out of our free coaching tips. Um, and I just love that. It's uh, for us to be able to help uh, anybody on their journey. Um, there's a lot of people out there struggling with knowing what to do and and uh, and and what how to train and how to plan. And if we can help help someone improve one percent. Uh, we've done our job um, and that's the value of podcast. It's, it's a free coaching, uh, almost free coaching uh, call. Uh, and I think uh, I'm just wrapped that people are getting value out of it. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, but uh, I was going to say um, I hate winter and, <laughs> and I'll do anything but spend a winter in Melbourne. And unfortunately, in the last two years, that's been uh, prevented and I can't wait for spring. And as soon as I see the buds on the trees, oh, I know spring's coming and winter's finishing. So, of course, the first day of uh, spring today, which by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be next week. But um, uh, the day is 24 degrees, blue sky, and that's fantastic. I'm just so grateful to be alive and uh, experiencing some sun on my back and, um, and you know, knowing that the next uh, – three or four or five months are going to be better weather and uh, it, it just puts a smile on your face.
0: I could not agree more. And on your first point about um, the getting good feedback from the listeners, I mean, the podcast originally started just for our Travel athletes, but then we ended up putting it on a public forum and uh, we just can't believe how big it's gotten and how big our audience has gotten. And uh, we keep getting comments from different corners of the world. And in fact, we've been getting some uh, people from around the world joining Trivelo as, as Travelo coach athletes now. And we've we've now got uh, athletes in uh, China, Hong Kong, uh, the UK, um, Costa Rica, um, Brazil... The the most unique one was, I can't remember, the, awesome, there's like Central, it's like an island in Central Montenegro. America. Was it Montenegro? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, can't, I apologize to our new athlete who's from there, but I can't remember the country <laughs> name. Uh, but it is really exciting. So I agree with you on both of those gratitudes. And for me, I was actually thinking the other day, um, we don't want to spend too long on gratitudes in the podcast, was it's just something we like to do at the start to remind you to be grateful for something. And for myself, I was thinking, geez, when it's crap weather and when you're suffering a bit of lockdown fatigue... Um, it's, it's the hardest time to be grateful, and, um, but it's the most important time to find things to be grateful for. And uh, mine is a simple one this week. On Friday night, uh, my housemates and I were sitting around and saw a uh, parcel um, at our doorstep and I went and got it and it was from mum <laughs> and Mrs. Donnelly had sent uh, me and my house a, a box of cookies. And it's actually those little acts of kindness that are really nice, and uh, I really am grateful for people that do things like that. And there must have been a hole in the box because um, they were, they were, all the cookies were gone on Sunday
1: night. But um,
0: yeah, it, it brought us a lot of joy over the weekend. So that's that's my gratitude for and this week.
1: Can I add to that? When I see her making cookies or uh, hedgehog, I yell at stop making. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to eat it. Yeah, but I, love, I love eating it, but I yeah. don't want to eat it because exactly. uh, I know it's no good for me. But anyway.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly my housemate's reaction because it's not the first time she's done something like that. And they all say no and then start stuffing their faces <laughs> and say, why should you do this? You know. <laughs> anyway, so next next segment for their podcast is what has caught your attention? And uh, dad, you're in a new bike. And that's, that's caught your attention.
1: Yeah, interesting. And uh, there's a, a point I want to get across. Um, to everybody out there, if you're used to riding the one bike and then you change bikes, no matter how good a job you try to do to set it up the same as the old bike, it isn't the same. And you need a little bit of adjusting time. So that's the first thing. That's the first thing that caught my attention. The second thing is obviously we bang on about power and how important it is to 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 train to and to race to and and to get the value out of each training session by actually training at the right power number and I do a session on Tuesday with this new bike and I'd totally forgotten that I had a different power meter on the bike and the session was you know whatever the session is it's one minute efforts and I've got a starting point that I use for a signpost and a finishing point I use a tree and I know that it's one minute I've been doing this session for over 12 years so I know how i'm going depending on how long it takes me it's supposed to be one minute if i'm going crap it'll take me one minute four one minute five and i know that i know i'm not in form and i just suck it up and whatever the power is the power is but when i'm really interested in getting fitter and and uh getting into shape and ta- you know almost getting to the race ready phase I should be getting there in 58, 57, 56 seconds, and I know that's good feedback. And, of course, the power will reflect that because it'll be, you know, for for example, 390 watts if it's a minute five and 410 if it's 58 seconds. So they're the numbers I know from 12 years of doing it. Um, Anyway, on Tuesday, I'd just totally forgotten that I was on a different bike and I got uh, halfway up the hill in the one minute. I'm going, far out. My power sucks today. I'm not going – anywhere near where i should be my watts were at 380 or 390 and i got to the corner i looked down at the time where the post was for the finish and it was 54 seconds and that's the time that i would do if i'm in great form Um, and it was just a reminder that um, you really need to pay attention to things like uh, changing bikes, changing power meters. Because if I didn't know that the finish line was there and just gone by the power, I'd be saying, geez, I suck today. But in fact, it was the complete opposite. I am flying today and the power is reading low on this power meter compared to the old bike. Mm-hmm. And then for the rest of the session, my mind was at ease that I could be, I think it was nearly, it was reading nearly 12 to 15 watts lower than my other bike. And that can happen between, between power meters. Mm-hmm. And by knowing where the minute, finish was that that gave me that instant feedback of right my new number for today is somewhere around 400 instead of being four ten or 415 and sure enough every every effort I did for the next nine I was getting there in between 54 and 56 seconds and it was 400 Mm. watts and I was totally satisfied happy with the session had I not had that information feedback I would have Finish the session going far out 10 watts lower than i've been before that's a crap session but but do you see what i'm saying here you have to know all the information um, to to uh, analyze whether you're doing it well or not and and it's just such an important point i think that that caught my attention and i thought this needs to be told
0: it absolutely makes sense and it's just a reminder isn't it that Um, we power is our biggest training tool, you know, it is what we just thrive off to use, but it is not the goal. You know, the goal is to get from point A to point B faster, and power is just our tool to do that. But uh, you can easily forget that, and we do have a lot of athletes that forget that sometimes, and it's so important to um, not fall to the trap of focusing on more power as the goal and remember that, um, yeah, getting to A to B is always faster. Is always always the the higher goal.
1: What you've just said is a hundred percent accurate. We we do need to know our power, but as long as it's reading consistent, and then it then it can be a useful tool. The minute it's it's not consistent, then you know it, it becomes actually a negative and the mindset can change by you getting poor information back because it could be five percent out um so there's so much about that that's uh, that's important to know but but in any anything we do we are really trying to get from a to b as fast as possible and whatever whatever method we use um you know that's the tools we have at our, our disposal and power it just happens to be one um you know aerodynamics uh, the type of bike you've got there's so many things that we talk about uh, you know but our goal is to get from a to b as fast as possible so so speed in the quickest time <laughs> they're our goals
0: yeah and what you're saying is you really need to pay attention to as many facets of your data and your training and your performance as possible. Uh, Because if one fails, like power, you need to know the others so you can really get an accurate measure of how you're doing. Yep. What caught my attention is I wanted to touch on uh, the Paralympics. Uh, obviously, it's another two weeks of epic sport on epic news. It's great to watch it all. Uh, it's not good for productivity once again, just like the Olympics. It's <laughs> a lot of a lot of time being distracted. Um, but for me, my favourite events in the Paralympics are the guided events. Um, the category is usually T T something, um, and I love watching the runners um, because I just think it takes such um, on the track. Um, it takes such discipline and trust in a training partner to you I mean you're putting your olympic performance in the hands of each other you know and they have to be so um, well trained so in sync so aligned um, in how they run to be really in sync and, and push each other along but more specifically the um the power on the weekend uh really gave me goosebumps um the teamwork they had with the guide was so special and for me i just thought um watching a lot of them cross the line it was so emotional and for the um, medal winners it was doubly as emotional because you imagine the feeling as a solo athlete if you win a medal and how satisfying that is and sometimes triathlon or cycling can feel a bit like an individual sport uh, and we know it's not but um you spend so many hours training on your own um But really, it takes a team for any athlete to complete a triathlon or or cycling event. You know, the age grouper, it takes their family or their partner um, or their friends around them or their people closest to them uh, to help get them there. It takes teamwork, it takes a lot of effort, it takes a great relationship and teamwork between the coach and the athlete. Um, And so, for uh, on the weekend to see, these athletes be able to share these moments together across the line. I just thought that was so special because when they, when they met they were able to just hug each other straight away and know the amount of hours that they'd put in side by side. Um, yeah, I just absolutely loved watching that. And, um, yeah, it reminded me of the atmosphere at you know triathlon events where, um, doesn't matter what time you finish the 70.3. in, for example, when you, if you're a four hour age group or if you're a six and a half hour age grouper. Um, when you cross the line, you've got your family there, and they give you a big hug, and they're just as stoked, no matter what time you did. Um, it was just—it's just a really cool uh, reminder of um, how nice sport is, and, and all these moments combined. I just really enjoyed So that. Caught my attention.
1: Yeah, it's a really good one, Jordan. And, uh, I I just take my hat off to those—you uh, know—the assisted running events. Far out, I, I would be scared that the guy that I'm helping is better than me and I'm <laughs> holding him back on, on yeah. a particular day and I wasn't in form. Yeah. Um, but boy, you have to be well matched, don't you? Yeah. Um, and yeah, trust, trust in, you know, I'm past, we're now passing someone, we need to move slightly out. Yeah. Now we need to cut back into the inside lane. Yes. Yeah. You have to be talking the whole time, communicating yeah. about where you are on the track and, yeah how the times are going and, and uh, you know, are you feeling okay? You just think yeah. about how much is involved in, yeah. in uh, you know, when you're on your limit, how hard it is to talk. Mm. Um, and, he, you know, he's supposed to give feedback back. Yeah, know, exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah, It's an incredible, uh, yeah, it's a really good one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, moving into today's topic, uh, let's get into the meat of the episode. And I want to start off, Dad, by asking you, you know, what is your favorite bike session and why?
1: Great question. And I'm really excited about this topic because uh, there's so much to it and it seems like it's a really basic answer, but um, I just love racing my bike. I just love racing and um, it's not a training session. Um, I love training, but I train to race um, and I'm not going to be racing to train uh, the other way around. So Mm -hmm. the favorite thing I love doing is racing my bike, um, or or just riding my bike. Um, so, uh, as I said to you before, it's like you asking me, which of my four children do I like the most? (laughs) Um, I, I love riding my bike, whether it's racing, training, or whatever. I love yeah. all of my children equally. Um, yeah. But really, the, the question that's,
0: is... That's such a coach's answer, by the way. <laughs> um,
1: no, look, I, I favour you, Jordan, over all of the others. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think the others will be very happy about that yeah, answer. But, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they listen to the podcast anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, we digress there. But, yeah, look, um, as a as a training session, um, if I put my... My triathlon hat on. Um, I know. I know what session is going to give me more an idea of how I'm going to race. So I would. I would pick the sub threshold session. Um, but then, if you ask me what's going to give me more value, then I would pick another session. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it depends on how you ask the question and, and what the purpose is. So I've got lots of answers to that. Um, it's not very helpful at the moment, but we we can dig into it a bit and. Uh, and uh, get an understanding of what, I'm, what I mean by that.
0: So let's dig into the specificity of the sub-threshold session. So you picked that because if you've got your triathletes hat on, you, you find that more specific. So what is so specific about the sub-threshold session and why, why would you choose that as your first option?
1: Well, it's, the answer is to do with what your event. Um, and the particular event as a triathlete that I love is the seventy point three um, half Ironman. Uh, yeah, I love the Ironman, love the Olympic distance as well. But um, but I I think what event suited me better was a half Ironman. Um, even though I was able to win an Ironman, but uh, but that you know the half Ironman you can race it as compared to an Ironman where you really. Uh, you're battling the day as well, um, and you're not racing as much. It's more about uh, patience and and steady state. Whereas the half man still got that race factor in it, which mm-hmm. comes back to the original question. You know what? What do you love doing <laughs> on your bike? Yeah. Well, I love racing. So yeah. the sub threshold session is ironically almost like a race training session. It's it's the range sub threshold is a range that is exactly what you would be doing in a half Ironman bike race. So that's why I love that session because it's so relatable to, to racing. Um, If I, if I can nail that sub threshold session in my training, uh, you know, block, um, I know almost, you know, before I jump on my bike on race day, what the exact number I'm going to ride to today, what, you know, I'm going to ride at 259 Watts today um, because of, because I've trained it, um, for, you know, the last 16 weeks going into this event, uh, I have such a dialed-in number that I'm capable of riding. And if things go well, I can push it a little bit higher, but but it's so race-specific. So that is the race session that I think is the most valuable to to an Ironman, uh, a half Ironman uh, racer.
0: And it applies across all distances though, doesn't it? Because you can do sub-threshold um, regardless of the distance. It's just going to be a different percentage of sub-threshold,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, um, and for the time you do it for, um, so, you know, we know that, uh, I'm specifically talking about triathlon here where it's a 90, you know, the half Ironman is a 90 K time trial. And that's a big time trial to race over. Um, and you know, you can still use sub threshold training for a 20 K time trial or a 10 K time trial or a 30 K time trial, um, because it's training just under your threshold where you can repeat that effort. It's not a specific Uh, for 90k but it is still an incredibly incredibly valuable training session for you to hold threshold uh, on race day even though you're not holding threshold in this session you're holding sub-threshold and that's a little bit confusing for people to hear but what why are we using sub-threshold rather than doing threshold because you can't repeat threshold you know every single week you know it's not possible you will get stale and tired and run down whereas sub threshold is not going to be as taxing on the body and therefore it's a repeatable session um, and it's just under threshold so it's almost almost actually getting the same value um, without the need to recover um, afterwards for you know if you're if you're trying to do threshold time trialing every sunday you will slowly get worse rather than get better because it's just too fatiguing. And guess what? Monday session, Tuesday session, Wednesday session, eventually after six to eight weeks will get worse and worse as well uh, because you're pushing yourself too much at threshold um, repeatedly. And there are other sessions we do during the week that also have threshold in it. So as we've said many times, don't repeat the same session in a a week's training block or an eight-day training block or a nine-day training block, whatever you're using. Um, you know, you, you want to have variety. So, so, you know, if you're going to do a Thursday night where you're doing threshold intervals, and then you do a Saturday, Sunday time trial where you're doing threshold race and then you're just repeating the same session. So, so, you know, the sub threshold is one of those ones that's it, it really is fits beautifully into the program. And guess what? It is the most hated session that we have <laughs> in our program. And there's a whole lot of reasons for it. A, it's at the, it's at the end of the week, which is intentional. Yeah. B, it is so demanding on your legs. It, it's constant, you know, and whether you're holding two by 20s or two by 40s or whatever the session is, you know, the variety that we have, it, it is so taxing on your legs. And it's not, a, it's not such a cardio session. You, you know, you're sitting, you know, your, your heart rate's sitting well down from threshold, but, uh but it is relentless uh, pressure, um, you know, in between tempo and and threshold. That, that is that sweet spot is, if you can get good at that sweet spot riding, you will be a better cyclist full stop whether you want to be time trial hill climber criterium rider whatever and no one who's a good you know all round uh, general cyclist thinks that they just think i need to be doing threshold riding over threshold riding um and they just completely ignore sub-threshold and, uh, yeah. and and it is one of the key sessions that as a cyclist you should be doing um in your program um regularly and and you should you know change your mindset What's going to help me the most? Give me my most bang for my buck and it's this session. And, and once I have that mindset, I know it's hard, but boy, if no one else is doing it, what an advantage am I having over everybody else who's going to line up you know if we get to a position where we have to in a bike race where we have to ride at threshold because i've broken away and i'm solo how many times have we seen the welter or the giro or the tour where guys have broken away and they're not riding threshold what are they riding in their breakaway sub threshold Mm. say they've broken away for 70k they can't ride threshold for 70k so they have to go to the sweet spot which is you know pressure on the pedals and whether it's a 10k breakaway or a a 70k breakaway so it's an interesting session that uh people love to hate but you've got to turn it around and and just love it because you know it's going to make you a better rider
0: i couldn't relate to that anymore because it is just the most uncomfortable session of the week for me uh but i also know that as you're saying it is one of the most beneficial for being race specific and i was actually trying to explain to a friend i just happened to be telling them what session i did that day and i was trying to explain what sub-threshold meant and i said oh it was so hard and they were kind of asking why it was hard, you know, it was a really super tough session and I was struggling to find the words to articulate why it's hard because it's not, you're not out of breath, you know, your heart rate's not up. Um, You're not gasping for air. Your legs aren't burning like they are in a VO2 session. Um, So it's like, well, what's hard about it? And you go, I don't know. It's just, you just, it's uncomfortable. You're just sitting in this spot.
1: Relentless. Relentless is the word.
0: It's uncomfortable and just for an extended period of time. And it's, it's like someone's stabbing you in in the foot with something just like, and just holding it there. Um, but I mean, even stabbing is probably too, yeah, too, too, too aggressive for what it is. It's not that bad, but it is just so uncomfortable. Um, and I do want to clarify you know, I, I said before that it can apply to any distance, but we have to be really careful with our language because, sub like you said, sub threshold doesn't apply to any distance, you know, once you get to 40k or below potentially you're writing 40k in less than an hour so you're actually writing above threshold um of what you can hold for an hour if you can complete 40k in 55 minutes for example and well, not everyone can but and when you get into 20k or 10k you know you're you're writing above your 100 threshold number um but just overall we're kind of talking about the sub-threshold session you generally it's below that what you can hold for an hour so you're not accumulating more lactic acid than you can get rid of, and therefore you can hold that period for longer. Hence in a 70.3, so a 90K time trial or an Ironman bike, um, you're holding that sustained number for hours at a time. And that is why exactly what you said, we, we give this session much... Yeah, closer to races when we get into that race ready phase um that's what that's when we really prescribe it to to get people in that zone ready to race right
1: yeah exactly and that's exactly what i was going to say as well and (laughs) and that's when it comes into the race ready phase and and it is a good one to to build fitness but it's a good one to actually uh hone in on uh your you know we talked earlier about uh you know getting from a to b as fast as possible you know Mm. understanding what your um what your power number is at sub threshold and what the average speed is related to that and that's a really intriguing thing and you know you can almost predict your finishing time if you know that you can average 40ks an hour um, at 300 watts for 90k you'll know that that's a two hour 12 uh, 90k yeah. um, that you know it, it's almost get, handing you the result yeah. Um, yeah so you you need to you need to understand uh, what that relates to in terms of, uh, of, of effort. And I think it's a, uh, that's an invaluable tool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like the point you made in at the start of the podcast is, you know, you need to know what power and speed you can hold so that when it comes to race day, you are uh, looking at all the information and, and um, judging how your performance is going based on all that information, not just power, because your power could be off for the day for some reason, but you still could be riding 41Ks an hour and be riding better.
1: Yeah. That's, that's exactly right.
0: Uh, so putting your cycling hat on, um, what kind of session do you go to when you think, all right, what's what's the best um, cycling session for me? I know you said that sub-threshold is important, whether you're a triathlete or cyclist, but yeah, just sticking your cycling hat on for a second.
1: Yeah, and once again, I've got to keep saying that uh, there isn't one session that is going to give you the, the outcome of improvement, um, but, but there is a session that will actually make you a better cyclist. And and again, this is a session that I have to change my mindset because it is so hard and sub-threshold is different hard. This is actually... (laughs) the most taxing Uh, i'm uh, my lactate levels are through the roof i can almost feel like concrete spreading through my bones every time i get to the you know the 50 second mark of this session um so whether you're doing uh zone six or whether you're doing vo2 that session is going to make you a better cyclist but it is the most painful session to do and and you need to do a block of it you can't just do it as a one-off. It's it's like dipping your toe in the water. Um, <laughs> you actually need to immerse yourself in the cold water to do it for a long period of time. Um, not too long, but uh, long enough to get value out of it and, and we're talking you know a block of eight weeks or something like that where it, it's repeatable um and uh that is going to enable you to improve your FTP, which is the goal um, so you, if you're you know 200 watt rider and you do this block and you end up as a 215 watt rider you're going to be so much more uh able to to do the things you want to do in your bunch ride because you're actually 15 watts better rider. Um, You're able to time trial better. You're able to hill climb better. Um, You know, you can go up the hill faster because you're pushing more watts. It it is the one thing that's going to improve your FTP. Um, uh, And that session uh, is the one that is the most painful to do, but it is the one I know that is going to make me a better rider. And you can't do it all year round. Um, Again, it has to be specifically put into the program when it's most needed and that's the beauty of understanding when to do certain things uh in the program but uh but that is the one that um that hurts me the most but uh but i know that i'm going to be such a better writer uh when that block finishes um and i'm excited about that so i look forward to the session even though it's a warped uh way of approaching things Oh, great vo2 He'll repeats here i go um you know what's my numbers what did i do last week how quick can i get to that one minute Point in the in my circuit and uh, and you know how comfortable did it feel this week compared to you know week one and now I'm in week eight. Um, am I doing better numbers than I was in week one? Um, and the VO two. Uh, second part of that session is exactly the same you know where am i at what's my numbers um did it feel as exhausting from week eight to week one uh and you know of course it still feels hard but you know you look down you find you might be riding five or six watts higher than you were in week one so the the feeling probably feels exactly the same pain Mm. but you you are actually getting the overload value of it um, and you're able to cope better um, already your heart rate might be the same for for higher watts and they're all really exciting things that i look at when i finish the session and go and analyze it. and you and i've talked about this session many times you know how well did you go what were your numbers today mm-hmm. were you able to sit still on the bike and just let your legs do all the work mm-hmm. you know not bounce your, your upper body around as you're trying to you know ride a 60 rpm <laughs> um you know all these things are, are so important that you you just become better at riding and it it is the one for a cyclist that, again, they all avoid. They would much rather go and do a fun bunch ride than go and do a solo uh, VO2 session session with strength in it and yep keep avoiding it because that'll make us all about a better cyclist <laughs> I and mean, when come race day um uh, it'll be something we've got up our sleeve that you know if you're in a race that's got uh you know four or five hills that are you know 30 seconds long or a minute long or a minute and a half long and you know geez everybody's smashing it up the hill and doing 400 plus watts and i look down and i go well i can do nine of these at 400 plus watts for mm-hmm. over a minute it gives me incredible confidence and and i I know that I can recover uh, straight away and do it again. And mm-hmm. in the race, it's only got three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a confidence thing, you know, you, you start to get an idea of what you're capable of doing from training and and implementing it into a race. And the scenario of sometimes you you know you see these. Uh, these events come along, and you see that oh, it's got a couple of hills that are thirty seconds, or and you already know from from what your data is what you can do and and recover and do it again. And and I say to guys, you know, how did you go on the hill? Oh, I knew I knew I could do that because I'd done it, you know, nine times in training, mm-hmm. um, and I could cope with it. So um, yeah, it's 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 got so many good positives uh, about it, uh, but everybody avoids it.
0: It's like you had a uh, camera on me for my session yesterday because on the eighth and ninth rep, I was very much like an extravagant Italian cyclist, just throwing <laughs> my shoulders everywhere and bouncing up and down. You know how they completely exaggerate when they're at the, <laughs> at the top of the hill. That was absolutely me yesterday. But um, yeah, we we had a conversation yesterday because it was the last time you're doing it in your block and you said, thank God this block is over. You know, you've been doing it for eight weeks now and um, as much as you do look forward to it, um, you're glad that you don't have to do it all year and it's just get through that block, you know, change your mindset to, um, this is going to be a tough session, but um, yeah, this is really going to hurt. But as you said, it's going to be the most beneficial and that's what makes it worth it. Definitely. Uh, I want to touch on because those two things combined really paint a, re- a good picture of already how to become a, a well-rounded cyclist. You know, you need to have those over sessions, those VO two max sessions to improve your FTP, and then you can use a sub-threshold style session to improve um, your ability to hold um, race pace, depending on what race you're in. And uh, I want to talk about. Your ability to um, just hold threshold in general, which both those things help, uh, but you know, your serious threshold. And the best example of this that we know and we see is our man, Wow Van Art. Um, He's just such a gun, well rounded rider. And uh, it's no coincidence that his strengths make him. Uh, it's like a positive cycle, you know, it's a a positive feedback loop, you know, his strengths make him better at everything, which increases strengths, which make him better at everything. And that's why he can climb, you know, it was a Vontu that he won at the tour. I can't remember which climb he, he, the stage he won. Um, Yeah. He's won the the time trial. He's an absolute freak sprinter Um, and he's a one day classic specialist. He's got that strength and uh, he's the perfect example of a well-rounded rider because he has all these tools in his arsenal.
1: Oh, it's so spot on. And, you know, it should be called wow Van Aert, shouldn't he? Um, but uh, our man Woot, um, mm-hmm. we love him because he's Belgian. And uh, and look, what he did in the tour, winning Champs-Élysées as a sprinter was incredible. Winning Vontu as a climber and winning the time trial. I mean, that sums up what we're trying to get across. And, I, and we're talking about everyday cyclists here who have got jobs and got families yeah. and, you know, can't train like like our man Woot can, um, but if you can keep these things that we're talking about in your program, um, you know, the ability to hold threshold is key and whether you want to win a criterium, whether you want to win a road race, or whether you want to win a hill climb, whether you want to win a time trial, if you don't have the ability to hold threshold for some for some period of time, then you're going to be limiting the the weaponry that you have in your arsenal. Um, And, you know, I've coached many people who are incredibly um, gifted in their tactics and their fitness is awful. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I've said to them many times, come and do the program and build your fitness and you will be unstoppable because if you can match the fitness that you've got with your incredibly, incredibly good tactics, no one can beat you. Um, And you need to work on your threshold and because you you just can't repeat efforts and you're an easy person to beat no matter what your tactics are because all I have to do is do repeated efforts and I know that I've got you uh, because you can't recover because of your poor fitness and your refusal to do threshold riding. Um, And that's what threshold riding does. It allows you to recover. Not only can you hold threshold, but you can recover quickly when you've got good threshold ability. And, And, you know, we know that in, all of the the uh, the main tours, the Giro, you know, tour and the Welter and any of the other stage races, you know, the GC contenders, you can't be a GC rider in a team if you can't time trial. And how does that, you know, there's only one time trial in the whole event. Um, how does that? What, what do I mean by that? Well, every time you go up a hill, you're actually time trialing at threshold, and whether it's at a, a hill that goes for five k, or last night's welter stage went for twenty k. Um, some hills go for two k. You know, some hills are punchy, like in the the spring classics. Uh, you know, um, the age best on the age has got you know incredible hill, and so. Um, Flesh Rallone's got a finishing hill with uh, de Hoy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's just so many different hills where you have to a, 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 uh, approach it with a knowledge of your threshold. And if you haven't practiced that threshold riding, you are going to be found out on those race days. And so every course, every whether it's a, a tours or it's your local club race, has a variety of uh, distances of of hills, of flat, of wind. And you need to be um, um, uh, arming yourself with all of these um, abilities to be able to ride against the elements and against your opposition. And, and, and the better you train all of these different uh, aspects – the the more in control of the race you're going to be, whether you're riding D grade at your local club race or whether you're riding A grade, it doesn't matter. Um, you're riding against people of similar ability, and as you as you improve, then all of a sudden you're dictating the race now because you have the ability to sprint, you have the ability to ride threshold up a hill, you have the ability to jump across from the break to the from the bunch to the break. You have all these ability things that 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 other riders they can only hang in the bunch and wait for the sprint. That's all they can do because they haven't practiced anything else. They're just they're just sitting in hiding. They haven't got the fitness, and they they want to have a sprint at the end, and that's okay. That's absolutely fine. But you will forever be in that grade and never improve. Um, and you could win fifty out of fifty races doing that. But if someone comes along in your grade who's got something else, you're going to be found out straight away. And you know the tactics are still important, but but. But being a well-rounded cyclist and and improving such to the extent that we we Art is the top of the tree. And mm-hmm. you know, we're all trying to strive to that to that level, to be a good climber, to be a good sprinter, to be a good um, you know, one day classic rider, to be a good time trialist. Um so you know, that's our goal, and that's what everybody should be striving to make themselves a better cyclist. And that's that's what this podcast is about, just giving tips. That people are desperate to hear. That well, how can I get better? How can I beat my bunch? How can how can I be the strongest in the bunch? And at the moment, I'm just hanging on. Um, these are things that you should be using in training and then gradually over periods of weeks months and years you will go from the back of the bunch and i've got that many examples of people who join our, our particular bunch ride, right, which you know doesn't happen very often these days in the last two years uh, with <laughs> with covid but guys have started just hanging on and then now they're at the front of the bunch putting the hurt on everybody and and it brings a smile to my face it, it kills me but um <laughs> But but it's terrific to see them work their way through the bunch, and they get such confidence, and you know, and they know that they've done the work. Um, they know they've got variety in their training. They know they've got sessions that no one else is doing, um, that are improving their FTP, improving their ability to hold threshold, riding at sweet spot. You know, doing the endurance ride. But but we started off this podcast by trying to identify which is going to be you know the one session and and the and the general answer is there isn't one thing that's ever going to be the difference if i just gave you the one session and you just wrote easy for the rest of the week you would improve still but it would be such a slow rate compared to adding recovery tempo endurance sub-threshold um over under uh you know every single other thing that we do in the program so um you know you just can't add one thing and expect it to be the answer it's got to be a combination of things but there are specific sessions that will uh, improve you uh, and get more bang for your buck and give a greater rate of improvement and it will probably happen quicker um
0: and we we talk about that with cyclists in general especially with the the wowbound art example Uh, i'm I'm going to keep calling him wowbound art (laughs) forever um but this applies so directly to triathletes as well because triathletes you know you just ride the one pace in the race but it doesn't mean you train that way to perform better in the race. You need to train the way we're talking about it, be a better all well-rounded rider. And then um, that will help you get really specific uh, when it comes to your race. And this is the last point I wanted to touch on is that um, we really do pride ourselves at Tribello about being good at time trials. um, But that's because we pride ourselves on being good, well-rounded riders and we train people to be good, well-rounded riders. And I want you to just talk on that uh, concept a little bit more because um, it's something that you do really deliberately and it allows athletes to have a wider choice of what they want to go for. Um, basically, I think, I mean, you use the word, you, riders can do whatever the fuck they want because they're, they're um, in such good shape to step into any category of race.
1: It just opens your options up, Jord. Up it, it's incredible. Um, you know, become a better time trialist and you are going to be a better cyclist and, and I could stop the sentence there and and people go away and practice time trying that that would be the end of it but but the question is why what what, what is it doing um and just what you said before a little, you know in triathlons you know we're trying to ride at steady state pace the whole way um remember in a triathlon if the general course might have hills and it might have wind so there is periods in a triathlon even where you're having to ride at a different power uh, could be the top of the range that you set and it could be the bottom of the lane range for a downhill or an, you know a, a tailwind so so you know it's very rare that we actually are on a dead flat course with no wind and and at the end of the day we're still having to manage power um at different variations in the one race even even as a 90k time trial you know there is no course well bustleton probably is it's close to a flat pancake but you've got corners turns u-turns where you're having to get out of the corner and get your bike speed back up so you're you're burning a match by riding high power there so so that you know it's not like you're just riding across the Nullarbor and holding 260 watts for two hours 15 with no change in wind or 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 gradient so Mm so you know that's variation in in uh, time trialing power is really important but the actual time trial training um, and where you know whether you want to call it time trial training or threshold riding it's more accurate to to talk about threshold riding Um, and you know and 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 various percentages of threshold riding Um, so so when you're doing a tempo session it's and it's 75 percent of your threshold i'm wanting you to ride it's 75% of your threshold. It's threshold riding at 75%. Mm-hmm. When you're doing a 20-minute a time trial, I want you to ride at your 100% threshold. So when you're doing a sub-threshold, I want you to ride at 90% of your threshold. So all these sessions, we're trying to get your body used to riding at different percentages of threshold so that you know you are used to holding steady state. And that is the thing that's going to be the biggest weapon that you can use um you do the other sessions of course that that have high power high intensity over-unders you know there's so many other examples of what we've talked about but but you know the almost the foundation session is threshold riding at various intensities and that is the last thing most cyclists go to when they they say right i'm gonna get fit for i don't know three peaks or amy's Mm -hmm. I just need to ride the bunch. I need to go and do hard, fast training. That'll really bring me up, and it will. It will help you. But if you don't lay the foundation, it's like building a house without, you know, concreting the stumps in, or or laying a good slab with reinforcement in it. If you don't do that, no matter how hard you ride in those fast bunch rides, you'll stay the same at some point. Whereas if you lay a fast, a a good foundation of threshold riding. Where you can hold steady state, you know, uh, at different percentages, you have got so many more um, avenues of of improvement from that base uh, that you've established in your training, and avoiding that—that's it's the no fun thing, and that's why people go to the bunch ride because now that's boring. I don't want to do threshold riding. A, you're not very good at it, so you avoid it. B, it's boring. Um, but but C, it's the best thing you should be doing, mm-hmm. and and. They go from the wrong point of view. They go to the fun f- stuff first and, and that's where they get found out three months later in the middle of a, se- a six-month you know, s- summer, spring, summer season, and they're basically going backwards after three months because they've forgotten to do the threshold riding. Yeah. And we do it all year round. It, it's something that, that we don't leave uh, out, you know, out of our program. We will do some type of threshold riding at 100%. For the whole year, um, so your body is all the time getting used to writing at its at its limit, um, and then we throw in the variations. And being able to hold forty minutes at ninety percent is is practicing threshold writing. Um, and you know doing four by five minutes at at one hundred and five percent is practicing threshold writing. Um, you know doing one minute efforts. You know, it's it's not actually hundred percent threshold, mm. um, but that's key, it's still, that's the
0: key distinction, isn't it? Because yes. get his threshold is technically hundred percent. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah,
1: yeah. So writing one minute at one hundred and thirty to one hundred and forty percent is practicing writing that at that threshold mm-hmm. percentage. And and I think uh, if if you can get anything out of what we're saying today, um, you know, switch your mindset from. You still have time for the for the bunch ride in the in the program for the fun but, stuff. But yeah, the fun stuff and and that's still there, but it can't be every session. Um, and that's the point I'm trying to make. If you want to, if you want to just have fun and not improve, yes, do that. <laughs> but if you are actually listening to this to get some uh, way of getting to be a better bike rider, then listen to what we're saying here. Practice your threshold riding first, and. And still include the fun stuff once a week, but but don't do one without the other. Um, and watch watch your form grow, watch your uh, FTP grow, watch your confidence grow. And and of course, it doesn't happen in six weeks. It, Every, every uh, season, every winter, every year, you just become such a better rider than you were, you know, three months ago, six months ago, a year ago. And you're just putting layer upon layer of threshold riding on top of, and you just become such a, a you know, a well-rounded athlete that when you decide you want to do a nine hour, three peaks event, you can do it. When you decide you want to do 140K undulating Amy's you know, one day classic race, you can do it. When you want to do a 60 minute crit race, You can do it. Um, You you can be the Woot. Um, You know, you can be the time trial, the hill climber or the sprinter uh, because you've got this ability to ride threshold. And there's no coincidence, like I said before, the best riders in the world are the GC riders and guess what they are very good at? Riding threshold. Yeah, riding time trials.
0: And it it reminds me of um, an article you sent me in the last week sometime about um, a running coach that we really like and he was talking about how to be a good 5K runner. And uh, in the article, he says 5K is an interesting distance um, because you need to have a really good aerobic base uh, to be able to handle the distance of 5K. But you also need to have a really good threshold because it's it's really as close to your threshold as possible or maybe slightly over. Um, But you need to have good speed as well because um, the back end of the 5k you want to be able to push fast push your times harder than way above your threshold to really finish off the, the 5k and it's just this big mix of things that you need to be good at and it just reminded me of cycling so much um yeah that principle just kind of applies universally where um the more you're good at all these things just the, the more layers you have like you said and um the more you can just be a weapon across various events because of it
1: yeah the the cyclist who's the one trick pony who just has the sprint or can only just, uh, ride threshold, he's not going to win a lot of races. Um, you know, just being able to ride threshold, that doesn't help anything. Um, you, you've got to have practiced your high threshold riding, uh, your sprinting. If you if your goal is to be a better road racer or criterium rider. So understand that just doing threshold is not, you know, you've got to have, like we're saying, a mixed bag of, of ability to do all of it and relying on just tactics or relying on just my sprint or relying on just my threshold that's going to limit you to how successful you're going to be. So I mean th- the topic was what's the best <laughs> session? Well, you know, I've given some good examples of what sessions are really going to help, but at the end of the day my summary was always going to be I want all of my children to do very well, all four of them. And I want all these sessions to be in your program.
0: And I'll finish off by saying um, uh, today would have been the perfect day to do what is my favorite type of cycling session, and that is uh, our Wednesday hill ride up in the hills um, when it's just a glorious spring or summer's day. And you go ride for a few hours out in the hills with no cars around. Um, I just c- cannot... Uh, believe how fun that kind of ride is and how rewarding it is. And we know the, the value in um, hill training. We spoke with regards to running last week, but um, would have loved to have done that session today, but alas, lockdown uh, doesn't allow it. Um, but I want to finish on that point. And so that's just another one, uh, another tool uh, you can have as part of your tool belt to help you become a better, well-rounded rider. On that note, we'll uh, finish there. Uh, another good episode. Thank you very much for listening. As always, we'll see you next time.